Today I want to talk about faith, how, you know, the Lord tells us to, um, that we're to, uh, Christians are to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, you know, when you're going through something, you can't always, you know, for one thing, we, we can't see God a lot of times, you know, but we're going to go through a few scriptures today. You know, God has chose to render, well, you know, God is actually, he calls himself the great I am. And the great I am, basically, he's able to, he's not limited. He lives in the spiritual realm, but at the same time, he can intercede into the physical realm where we are. God is a spirit, you know, and, and the Bible tells us those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God's word which is written here in the Bible, what Christians have to live by. That's what we're supposed to live by. Live by his word. Okay? This is his written word, and we're gonna go we're gonna go through a couple we're gonna go through a, through a couple of scriptures here, just kinda laying a foundation concerning this invisible God who's able to um if if he has a message for you, either you can read it here in this word in his word, uh, or he'll come to you himself or send a messenger to you. He has angels are considered his, his his messengers, and a lot of times we can't we can't see angels because they're in the spiritual realm when they're doing things for us. But sometimes they do materialize. God says that you know we have to be careful about our conduct and the things we say and the things we do because we never know when we're going to be entertaining angels unaware. So, uh, with that being said, as a title. I'm going to use a title, just because you don't see a way doesn't mean God doesn't have a way. Let's start out with, uh, let's go to the book of Genesis. I'm going to start, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is Noah. And I'm not going to read the whole story. I'm just going to read a few excerpts about this thing, what happened concerning the flood, why it came about, and, and, and what God did. And so if you just listen along with me, we're going to try to paint a picture about when God speaks, you know, his word does not come back to him void, but it accomplishes exactly what it is set out to do. Uh, another thing I'm, I need to tell you is that uh, God has never told a lie. Okay? So you can rely, as, as people of God, you can rely that the fact is God, no, it's impossible for him to tell a lie, and I believe you can find that scripture in Hebrews 6.18. But let me just kind of give you um, a little bit of what how I see it, and, and I know I use Noah a lot, and some of these scriptures you'll hear a lot, but uh, I believe maybe this is what lot, where the Lord will be leading me. I want to remember one thing the pastor Small always gave a, uh, a definition about God, was that God is a spirit that always was and always will be. One thing I want you to also know about God, God is sovereign. Now, that word sovereign, I, I looked up one time to be known as he has authority over everything. The Bible calls him the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God is omnipresent, which means God is present everywhere at the same time. The Bible tells us that God is omnipotent. He has unlimited power. He's almighty, all powerful, powerful, and able to do anything. Let's look at, uh, let's take a look at uh, 6, um, verse 7 and verse 13. And I'm going to be reading out the NIV. So God said to Noah, 
I am going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with violence. And because of them, I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Let's jump down to verse 17. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. And every creature that has breath of life in it. Let's go over to verse 22. Verse 22 says that Noah did everything just as God had commanded. Which means he moved out in faith based on what God had told him. Verse 7, verse number 1 says, The Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Number 16 says, verse 16 says, uh, The animals going in were male and female, and every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Then it tells us that the Lord shut the door. So here, here again we see that, and we know that what happened right after that, we know that the... Um, Floodwaters came up on the earth, and that God destroyed everything on the earth, all animals, all life, all life form, and only and, and only who was only people who was inside the ark was Noah's family, his three sons, their wives, and Noah's wife, making a total of eight. The Bible tells us that it took 120 years that God put a 120 year limit on life, which we understand is that. It took maybe 120 years for Noah to, to build the ark. But I just want to emphasize to you that what God says he's going to do, he's going to do. Let's take a look over at, um, well, let me just give you the scripture. Uh, Isaiah 55:11 says, God says this. He says, so shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper to the things uh, whereto I send it. I remember when I first got saved, one of the first scriptures I, I lied on. This is one of the first scriptures I read when I, began to, when I got saved and began to read the Bible. Noah was one of the first uh, stories I read that really, really stuck with me and really resonated with me. And, and, and during this time, you know, I, um, uh, one of the scriptures was Matthew 7, 7, 1 that I really, really relied on um, because I remember my life during this time was I was in a lot of trouble, a lot of turmoil at this time in my life. I really, really needed to get relief. I really, really needed to get help in my life. And the scripture the Lord gave me was Matthew 7, 7 said, Ask, and it shall be given. He told me to seek him, and then I would find him. And he told me to knock, and, and the door would be open. And so I, I began to call up on him. Now, I'm in trouble I know that there's no, to me, I know that there's being raised up in the church by a godly mother and a godly father. The one thing I know that they did, they depended on the Lord. They didn't understand all the time what, you know, how he was going to handle situations, but they are uh, uh, depending on the Lord. As a matter of fact, me standing right here and my brother and our family, he being here right now, is a miracle because really my father, uh, once he was discharged from Hamilton Air Force Base, he actually was, uh, my grandmother had bought him and my mom a house back in Washington, D.C., and he was headed out of here going back back to uh, Washington, D.C., but he had an encounter with the Lord. You know, the Lord 
wanted him here. But my dad wanted to go there, you know. And after much deliberation and crying and boo-hooing, my dad said that he finally gave in to the Lord. And, and he, he, he said something to the Lord. He says, Lord, well, if you want me to stay here, then I expect you to take care of my business. And Lord, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business and vice versa. And that's one reason why here I am standing before you right now in California is because my dad made a decision uh, at the final of the Lord that he was going to stay here, and that's why we're here today. And I just wanted, just wanted to share that with you. Let's go to the book of, let's go to Genesis 17 real quick. I'm going to talk about my brother uh, and sister, Sarah and Abraham. Let's look at 17, verse 1, verse 2, and then we're going to jump to 17, 15 through 17. So Genesis 17, 1 says this. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Now, during this time, he's 99 years old, and his wife, who is Sarai, which we're going to see that's going to change her name, had never had a child together. Okay, so verse number three tells us, and Abram fell down, and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations, and no longer will you be called Abram, but I'm going to change your name to Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. So this God at this time has come to Abram. He's changed his name because he's getting ready to go do something great in Abram's life. Let's go over to verse number 15. Verse 715 says this, And God said to Abram, Abraham, as for Sarai, or Sarai, uh, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come for her. And verse 17 tells us, And Abraham fell down, and he laughed, and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? And will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? So God has made a promise concerning them in their old age that they were going to have a child. Um, Let's look over uh, chapter number 18 of Genesis. Let's look at verse number 10. Verse number 10 says, Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So God's word that goes out does not come back to him void, but it will accomplish exactly everything that he has to say. And that's why when you ask something of the Lord, you know, believe in him and and trust that you're going to get it. Now, the one thing that, so uh, you may not get it at the time that you want it. You're going to be on God's uh, time, time system, which means that he may answer you right away. 
or it might take some time. You might need to move some things out of the way in order for him to give you the answer that you need. So be patient a lot of times. I know sometimes it's be hard is to be patient, you know, when our backs are against the wall and things that happen and then because that's just our human nature. You sometimes it's to worry. But God wants us to put our worry to the side at this time and whatever you're going through is to just trust him based upon his word. Let's keep going. Sarah, now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were already very old. And Sarah was past age, past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself, and she thought, after I am worn out, and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why does Sarah laugh? And say, well, I really have a child now that I am old. And then the Lord comes back with her, is that, number 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? He said, I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Now, here we, and so, uh, if we were to go over to, let's go over 21, real quick, I believe is where, where the answer is. Genesis number 21 tells us the answer. Now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah, and he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Okay? Sarah became pregnant and bore son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised. So God had promised earlier that he's going to come back in one year. And in one year, Sarah's going to have a child. Now, he predicted this a year year before. Now, how was the Lord to know a year before what was going to happen in the future? Because he lives in the future. He lives in eternity. He, uh, he has no age. Uh, he came from eternity. He's going to eternity. And so that's why he was able to predict this and then for it to come true. He's almighty God. Nobody is above God. There's no authority above God. God, I understand right now, is the highest authority in the universe. There's nobody uh, above God. So if you don't take this word and take his word seriously, when you get in trouble, there's nobody to help you if you don't take his word. Because there's no one above him uh, in authority and in power. Can we say amen? <laughs> How many of y'all uh, did y'all know that um, the Noah was the first captain of the Carnival cruise ship? <laughs> Noah was the first captain of the Carnival cruise line, and that's one of our favorite lines that we travel on. Thank you, Noah. <laughs> All right. God bless you, Lord. Real quick, let's jump over to 1 Kings. 3 verse 5, and we're going to take a look at, uh, let's take a quick look at Mr., we'll give you another example here, let's look at, uh, oh, second Kings. we're going to take a look at Mr. Solomon and his relationship between him and the Lord, and I think you're going to really, really enjoy this. First Kings, the con- this conversation starts with, with Solomon. Now Solomon is David's son, Amen. David and Bathsheba 
had a son, and, and, and so Solomon is his son. And so now David is off the scene, and here the, and let's read and see what uh, God, uh, how he approaches Mr. Solomon and what he has to tell him. Listen really closely. So First uh, Kings 3 verse 5 says this, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. Y'all get that? And God said to him in a dream, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Let's jump down to verse number 7. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in, uh, in place of my father David. But I am only a child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people. You have chosen a great people, too numerous to count or number. Number nine, so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Let's keep, let's, let's keep going. Uh, number ten, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. Let me remind you now, they're in a dream. The Lord pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment uh, and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. And if we jump down to 13... Um, he said, let's go, let me go ahead. He said, I will do what you ask. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. So he set them apart. Number 13, moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for. I will give you both wealth and honor. Now, God came to him in a dream. So, you know, God can come in any form that he wants to come. Because he calls himself the great I am. You know, if, if, you, if you remember that uh, back during the time of, of ahead where Moses was asked to um, go and represent the children of Israel before Pharaoh. And so what he did, God gave him a staff. And the staff, you know, represented God. But what God did, being in the background, he performed the, the ten plagues and the miracles because he had to do a few little things because Pharaoh was kind of hard-headed. Uh, and, and uh, they were there under, in bondage, I believe, for 430 years, you know. But the Lord uh, heard their cry one day. Yeah. And then he began to make a way for them. He began to mold. He started molding uh, uh, Moses at a very, very young age. When he was born, you know, he was subject to be killed during this time. But his, his parents, in fear of the Lord, hid Moses. And then one day, here, here's Moses in a basket out between the between the reeves, uh, so while she's out bathing one day, here they hear the baby crying, I believe. And, and so anyway, uh, Moses was raised inside the Egyptian household yeah. until he got older. And then when he got older, he saw that the Hebrews were being mistreated. And so God used him to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of bondage. Amen. It's a great story to read. Let's go to Daniel number four. And I want to talk to you a little bit about King Nebuchadnezzar. I wanted to talk to you about King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was, at this time, one of the most powerful kings in the land. 
God had came to him a dream, in a dream which he did not understand. Uh, Daniel 4, verse um, 24. And verse 24 says in Daniel, This is the interpretation, your majesty, and this is the decree that uh, the Most High has issued against my Lord, the King. You will be driven away from people, and you will live with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like the ox and be drenched uh, with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass, which means seven years will pass by until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms Amen. of the earth and give them anyone he wishes. Number 26, the, uh, the command to leave the stump of the tree, which was a dream that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had, with his roots means uh, that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, number 27, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be then that prosperity will continue. Number 28, the fulfillment. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace, of Babylon. Uh, he said, is not this the great Babylon that I have built and the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty, even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven, which said, this is what is decreed from, for you, O King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken away. You will be driven away from people, and you will live with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign and has authority over everything, over all kingdoms on earth, and gives them to every he wishes. And immediately uh, what had been said, about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and he ate grass like an ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. At the end of the time, I kept Nebuchadnezzar raised my eyes after seven years of being out in the field eating grass like an ox he raised up his eyes towards heaven and when he raised his eyes towards heaven his insanity his sanity was restored then i praised the most high i honored with glory him who lives forever you have to depend uh, and trust upon the lord 100%. 100%. You know, I, I was just thinking as I was preparing this is that there is no God higher than the authority of God himself. There is no authority higher than heaven itself. So there's no one to help you when you get in trouble until you look up and you acknowledge the, that the God of heaven is, is, is the God of glory. And what he says goes. Uh, and, and this day, I just want to encourage you to trust in the word of the Lord. 
You know, come, you know, the Lord knows who you are. He knows your name. Matter of fact, he knew you before you was even born. Okay. So he knows all about you. And so I'm asking you this, this day, just, you know, just to, uh, in faith, this thing called faith, to be able to trust in what the Lord says. Right? Ask him for whatever you want and for whatever you need. Whatever the situation. Hang in there. Continue, continue to come before the Lord. Continue until you get the answer. Don't give up. Just because you don't get it in, you know, be spoiled and try to get it during the time that you, you want to be blessed. It don't, it, don't, it don't work like that. It's out, of, it's, it's out of your hands. It's out of your hands. Romans 1.20 says this. You don't have to look it up, but I'm going to read it. It says, For since the creation of the world, uh, God's invisible qualities, his, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understand, understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. When you come before the Lord, you don't, you don't have any excuse. Even those who, who consider themselves not to, to be atheists and, and don't believe in God, he, you, all he tells you to look at the creation around you, uh, which is not man-made. So when you see that, you know there was a God. He, he told you in the beginning that he created the heavens and the earth. He didn't lie about that. He actually did. Now, you can argue with him all you want to, okay. but you're going to lose. You're going to lose this one. There's no one higher than God himself. You know, Jesus said something back during the time. Um, there, there, there's, a, there's a person in the Bible by the name of Thomas. And, and, and this is where we get doubting Thomas. And doubting Thomas, well, Thomas was the type of person that he didn't believe that, you know, that God, you know, one of the disciples that didn't believe that he raised from the dead, right? And so the Lord showed him his hands. You know, God, Jesus still had, to, had the, uh, the whole the print, nail prints in his hand. One day, you know, um, Mr. Thomas, you know, came to his senses and acknowledged to Jesus, you know, my Lord and my God, you know. And, and, and Jesus said something that was very, very profound way back then. Jesus told him, because you have seen me and believe, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So for you to believe, even though you don't see, even though you can't see God, all right, God has chosen to live in the invisible realm. But if he wants to come to you, he can come to you in your dream. He can send an angel. He can send a person to you, Amen. right? He knows how to get your attention. He used to get my attention in my dreams. Like I was telling you sometime before, I was a runner in my dreams. I can run for miles and miles and miles. <laughs> it wasn't time. Just run. Just running, running, running. Running away from the Lord. In my dreams, running. I, I, I ran for, for years just, just, just running. And that's when he showed me, I don't, you know, I don't have to run anymore. It came to mind for one day he caught up with me. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, thank you, I thank you for catching up with me and, and, and slowing me down and just showing me a way. And, and when he showed me, you know, certain, certain incidents that happened, he showed me about certain, he'll show you about certain people. All right. Uh, uh, maybe some people you ain't supposed to be around. I've had him show me people and incidents that happened, and all of a sudden the phone rang, and it's that person. And I'm like, you know, I just hold the phone out. Oh, my God. So God has no problems getting your attention. So I just advise you, you know, just to come on in easy. You know, step step your game up from this day forward. 
It's it just like people who uh, he tells us to pay our tithes and, and give an offering and, and things of this nature. And he says he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing more than you can receive. Right? And so that's a promise. If you say he's going to do this, he's, he's going to do it. You know, you might not see things the way you want to see them, but he knows exactly how to take good. He knows how to take care of you. He knows exactly he knows exactly what you need, and he knows the time that you need it. And, and, and my advice is to you is just to keep pushing forward, just to keep coming, keep blessing. Because sometimes it'd be a little test, you know, the little waiting period, you know, be a test. You know, he just want to see exactly what you're going to do. You're going to be a quitter, you know, or you're going to keep on coming. Step the game up, step the game up, keep 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 coming. Why? Because the best is yet to come. Mm. Here's, here's one, of, one of my favorite. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and he will not do it? Or has he spoken, and he will not fulfill it? So you've got to remember, God, as, as, the, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so is God's ways and his thoughts. And that's why my, my title says, just because you don't see a way, doesn't mean God doesn't have a way. He's got a way to do it. And you might not see it, but you, you stay before him. It might even take years for your prayer to be answered. But you you got to hang in there until he answers it. At the end of the day, go on to bed. Go on to sleep. And wake up the next day and, and, and let him take care of that day until he moves some things out the way and bless you the way he wants to bless you and give you the things he wants to give you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll be the one to direct your, direct your path. All right. Stay on that. Stay on this path here. Stay on this course here. And the Lord is going to He's going to take care of you. He knows all about you. He knows how you feel. He knows what your desires of your heart. He'll bless you with the things, you know, just out of the blue. That's just what kind of God he is. All right. But you, sometimes you will have to go through some tests, and you will have to go through some things. And, you know, we see that during the time of, uh, like, Job, who had to go through a few things. Whenever you try to move forward to do better, the enemy is going to be standing right there. All right? You, that's why anytime you come to church, you know, you, you be detained in the morning, and things come up. Ain't that right, Rhonda? And things be... <laughs> that's my friend. That's our friend. We tease Rhonda, but we, we love her. But um, I just I just want to warn you, it's not all roses. It's it's work, okay? It's it's work involved. You know, I, I gave you a, a kind of a rosy side, um, why you stand uh, before the Lord. And when he says something, believe that, move. Now, it took 120 years during Noah's time. Only eight people got saved on that boat. That's all the people. So, hey, don't, don't pay no attention to these movies about Noah's art where people throwing ropes and grappling hooks up on the ark and then climbing up. That didn't happen. TV, I don't see why they, why they do that, try to make people think uh, that happened. But that did not happen. It was only eight people survived on the Carnival Noah Ark cruise ship. <laughs> so, Hebrews 9-11, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen which means faith is the assurance and confidence of the things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So keep your confidence up. Even, even though you don't see, just, just ask the Lord. Ask him in faith. If you're praying for somebody else, just, just keep praying for him and, and just watch and see what the Lord is going to do. 
Lord, can, you know, people all across the world, we could pray for people all across the world, and God could take care of them there because he, he is there. Uh, he has ministering angels uh, who will take your gifts and he, he distribute, and, and then when you need the protection, he's there for you, watching over you. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So anyway, with that being said, I'm not going to hold you no longer. Uh, I love you, and I, and I hope this made some sense. And I'm sorry I was a little scattered, but I was up all day. All day. Lord, what you want me to say? <laughs> so anyway, I love, I love you guys, and, and uh, I, I'm going to have Pastor Marcus. He's going to take it from here. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Wonderful word. As we prepare to uh, to disembark from the carnival, <laughs> get off the sea, head out to the the parking lot, to the land. I want you to drive safely. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna steal it and not give him no credit. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Ronnie, for. The Word of God. The Word of God is tremendous. I tell you, God does have a sense of humor. He made us. Let's stand. <laughs> God is awesome, and when we think about what He's done, the fact that He protects us, we don't take God's love and His grace for granted. But we remember that he's made a promise. He said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. As we conclude, and we look at what the Lord promised, told Abraham, Sarah, I'm going to bless you with a child. So be careful when you try to intervene when the Lord has told you that he's going to do a work. Allow him to complete the thing that he's doing. Let me say this. You can't get saved by yourself. In fact, you have nothing to do with it. It's him. He paid the price. Not your good works. It's the fact that he did it all. From the book of Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Christ. The fact of what he did. God coming to bring man to himself. To come to save man. Today, Lord, as we depart this place... We pray that the word of God will remain in the hearts of people in this place. That we will recognize that you are our Savior. When Thomas saw you, said, my Lord and my God, when he put his hand into the nail prints. But we understand that, God, we have to remember, blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. And today we are thankful that we can trust in the Savior, the Word of God. We thank you that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And as we leave this place today, we pray that you will lead us, that you will guide us and direct us. We're giving him the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. And as you leave today, as you go out the doors, remember to say hi to someone, be kind, and at 5 o'clock, 15 minutes, we'll be on the Radio 1100 KFAX, 5 p.m. God bless you. We'll see you.
on Wednesday, and we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. Thank you, visitors, as well. God bless you.